0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participating in McDonald's for a limited time.
1: Good morning. It is Monday, January 29th, five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So over the weekend, there was a deadly attack on American forces in the Middle East. And the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, says that America must send a crystal clear message across the globe that attacks on our troops will not be tolerated the- Oh, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. But they will be tolerated. Mm. Look at what happened with Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Those maniacs killed 13 servicemen. What happened over there? Nothing. It will be tolerated.
1: Well, and I think the message would carry a lot more weight if we were concerned about our own sovereign nation as well as other countries' borders.
2: Yeah, and, and, uh, Get off your moral high horse, Mr. Speaker, Mm -hmm. because you guys keep funding all of Biden's priorities and getting nothing in return. So for you guys to act like you're Johnny Tough guy now, when you keep rolling over and playing dead and writing the checks for all of Biden's big government programs, well, he doesn't fix or correct anything. I'm not letting that go unnoticed. Well, and a lot of people
1: are saying that Lindsey Graham now sounds like a warmonger because he now, said hit him, hit him hard.
2: N- now he sounds like a warmonger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These guys, this so this is the concern, is what's next? And you have a group of people that run this government who are always itching for the next military engagement to send other people's kids to fight and die in and you have a group of people who who are always looking to prop up the military industrial complex to ensure that their donations keep rolling in and um I would be very worried right now if I had a loved one in the U.S. military.
1: Well, and Hammer had a good point when he was here in the studio and he said, you know, Biden wants to be a wartime president. And it sure does seem like he's trying hard as hell to become one. He was at a campaign stop in South Carolina and he finally responded to the three American service members that were killed by the Iran-backed militants in the Middle East. And this is what he said. <laughs>
3: I want to point out that we had a tough day last night in the least. We lost three brave souls in an attack on our base. Yes. And I've uh, asked oh. you to do silence all three of those small souls.
1: So he was asking for a moment of silence and then just uh, moments ago, Karine Jean-Pierre, who sounds just as bad as Biden, if not worse, struggling to pronounce her words. She tries offering condolences
0: and this is what she said what i will say our deepest uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh go out and our he- heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh three three brave uh three brave uh three brave of uh, three folks who are who are military folks who are brave who are always fighting who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the american people obviously more so more importantly uh we lost those souls uh, she
1: sounded very confused and didn't seem like she knew where she was going, what she was talking about. Three people lost their lives. That is a time to be clear, concise, and consistent.
2: Well, and but again, it's like what, and it's this way with everything. What is the strategy? What is the goal of our foreign policy? What are we trying to accomplish? I, I am. Maybe Biden has clearly spelled it out. <laughs> But I, I have no idea what is the goal of the U.S. foreign policy. You know, during Ronald Reagan's tenure, you famously remember it was peace through through strength, and it worked great. Seems like maybe something we should try to go back to uh, George W. Bush. It was nation building. Didn't work out so well. Like, what? Where is? What is he trying to accomplish? And if you're Tell us what you're trying to accomplish. How do you intend to accomplish that?
1: Well, it seems to me that he's just being very reactive. And we talked about this. As soon as October 7th happened, we even said, you know what? They're going to head west. Syria is going to get involved. And then that's going to lead to Iran. And look where we are today. Yeah,
2: you're 100% 100 right. And it's so obvious. And they just, they don't care. And it'll be interesting to see if the American people hold the Biden administration accountable. It seems like it's 50-50 on what the guy does, whether he gets held to account or not. But wow, what a just, I mean, what a just colossal disaster, Casey. So
1: when Joe Biden can't get his words straight, what do they do? They send out Gavin Newsom (laughs) to talk about how wonderful he is. And Greasy Gavin was on uh, ABC's This Week. And of course, he gaslights like only Gavin Newsom can. And here he is talking about the economy and he's saying that it is booming under Biden.
3: Yeah, Biden's approval is historically
1: low. Why is that? Everybody,
4: everybody, we're all everybody's approval across the spectrum. You find exceptions to that. Look, it's been hard globally. The last six, seven years. But again, America stands tall or the tentpole of the world economy. No peers economically. Again, a masterclass of delivering. The economy is booming, inflation is cooling. And of course, the economic strategies this president put together were all things Republicans dreamt of but never delivered. He's delivered.
1: And he says that with a straight face. Like that is fact. The economy is booming. It is not booming. He's lying to you again. He thinks he's just the best thing since sliced bread. And I mean, look what he's done to the beautiful state of California. Would you want to move there now? No way. You couldn't afford it.
2: But at least he can put a sentence together, Casey. At least we understood.
1: Well, well, wow, isn't the bar low? That's the standard. He can put a sentence together.
2: That is the standard for which we go by now is that we knew exactly what he was going to say. And we were capable of uh, hearing it and understanding it. And we were uh, just kind of able to comment on it and of course it's ridiculous but at least it is audible casey at (laughs) least it is audible
1: wow uh let's just all lower our collective expectations here he is talking about immigration and it's pretty much him blaming the republicans
3: See, the border is, a, is an issue. But, but let me ask you just a fundamental question, try to get beyond the politics for a second. You've had 6 million uh, apprehensions at the border. What ultimately should happen to all those people? And are there people that don't qualify for asylum who totally came in illegally? I mean, should there be deportations? This is what Republicans are calling for, these mass roundups and deportations. But but what, what happens? Well, I think you have to deal with
4: the cards that are dealt. you got to deal with the reality on the ground, and you have to have a comprehensive conversation around this across the spectrum, the push and the pull. And that's around the fundamental issue immigration reform, it's not just border security. The president put out a comprehensive strategy, a pathway to citizenship along the lines of their former hero, Ronald Reagan to address the reality on the ground. We have a plan, $14 billion plan right now, to get more judges, to process people more efficiently, more quickly, provide security down at the border, 2,300 new border agents. That's what the president of the United States has put up in front of Congress, and they refuse to act. They're just promoting an agenda to disrupt and find a crowbar to put in the spokes of the wheels of the Biden administration to disrupt any progress on this because they don't want progress, period.
1: So he said you have to deal with the cards that are dealt. Does anybody recall the cards that were dealt when Donald Trump was president?
2: Well, but Biden supported all the stuff that Trump did during COVID. If the argument is COVID was bad, yeah, you guys made it bad. And Biden was on board. That the, remember, they were like, he's not locking down enough. He's There's too many choices out there. They wanted all of this stuff, which was insane. But you don't get to say... Oh, we got dealt a bad hand when you were running for president supporting the bad hand that was being dealt.
1: All right. So he goes on and now they talk about Donald Trump and, well, you know, Gavin, he's out there in the land of Hollywood and he likes to be entertained and he finds Donald Trump not very entertaining or interesting.
3: But let me ask you about Trump's legal problems. Obviously, four indictments, 91 counts, includes you know taking classified documents out of the White House, undermining democracy, all of that. Um and he's out there. And he's out there saying he should have absolute immunity. A president should yeah, be above the law. Laughable. All this. So why, in light of all of that, why have we seen poll after poll, and I know it's early, but still, poll after poll that shows Trump either beating Biden yeah. or essentially tied with
4: him. Yeah, but you also seen poll after poll. I, I'm not naive about this. I, I take the threat of Trump and Trumpism very seriously. Yeah. I, I've never been on the other side of that argument. That said, this is the weakest candidate to run a major party in my lifetime. He's coming in deeply damaged. Democrats, we win. We keep winning. We've won all of these elections. Post Dobbs, different But hold on. But it here's makes my p- question,
3: even more but relevant. No, so but why? look, but is look at Biden the Biden.
4: Poll- not but him. look at the polling. Yeah. Look underneath the hood on the yeah. polling. Look at yeah. the New Hampshire polls. Look at some of the national polls. Republicans say if he's convicted, all those things you said are true, mm-hmm. and he's convicted. And the likelihood of conviction is, what, 98% on By one of the counts? You think we'll is? We'll see. But, I mean, By election day? We'll see. But, I mean, at least in one of those four, right, of the 91 charges, one of those four. Fast majority, I mean, a, a substantial plurality of Republicans now, or at least a large percentage, uh, say no, no go. I think that's a huge red flag for Donald Trump. He is weak. He is more unhinged than he's ever been. He's less disciplined than he's ever been. He's less interesting. I find him just less interesting. It's not even as
2: entertaining as he was in 2020 and I, I, Okay, hey, so isn't it crazy that your whole path to reelection is some guy going to jail? You have nothing to run on. Biden literally has nothing to talk about. There's not one single thing. You notice when he says how great things are, he never gives you a specific thing about what's better. He has so little to run on that the sitting president of the United States only hope for reelection is that his opponent goes to jail. Mm -hmm. This is our country now. These are the people who govern us, Casey, where we are so porous that on one side we've got who was one of the most unpopular presidents in history as a collective by the time he left and is uh what well, not predecessor what would be aftercessor what would be the guy who successor? comes next? successor thank you Is even less popular
1: well he's sitting there saying you know look at the polls look at the polls yeah look at the polls where in his in biden's core 18 to 29 year olds he's got approval rating under 30%. He's completely underwater. Yeah. And Gavin Newsom is out there talking about, oh, the polling's great. No, no, it's not. He also went on to say that uh, the Democrats have to be worried about third-party candidates, and Robert Kennedy Jr. now says that he's open to running as a Libertarian.
2: Oh, good grief. This guy just can't pick a team. Hey, I'm a Democrat. Now I'm an independent. Now mm-hmm. I'm a libertarian. Methinks, given Robert F. Kennedy's views of the government, like, I don't know, he wants to weaponize the government on people who don't agree with his environmental views, methinks maybe he doesn't exactly understand how the Libertarian Party actually works. However, if you've seen the Libertarian Party lately... They don't really understand how they work, so they might, Casey. It might be a marriage made in heaven. The National Libertarian Party is a total, 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 total mess. Well,
1: I think the National Libertarian Party would be grateful to have a name like Uh, Kennedy to put on
2: their ticket. And they would get, I think, ballot access in all 50 states. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be Mm -hmm. because Kennedy's going to have some issues getting on the ballot because of signatures, et cetera. Casey, when we come back, I'm going to hit you with this. I hope it's all right. Yep. Um, There was some big uh, news in the Jamie Knoll saga. Oh, right. And, uh, of course, Jamie Knoll is the governor's very close personal friend Mm -hmm. and political ally who has been charged with 15 felonies related to behavior when he was the Clark County Sheriff. And the question we continue to ask is, how could the governor possibly have not known about this? So some big developments that even further ask the question... Uh, on Friday, how could the governor not have known?
0: All right, we'll get into it coming up from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participating McDonald's for a limited time.
1: After 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Indiana State Police and a special prosecutor, they've added a new layer to their investigation into the former Clark County Sheriff, Jamie Knoll.
2: Oh, so uh, we are not going away on this story. We will continue to dig. I'm getting lots of correspondence from people uh, on the ground down there in Clark County. Uh, this is a huge story. And my hope is if we keep talking about it, Indianapolis media will start to cover it more, because the story is not whether Jamie Knoll appears to be a just a total sleaze bucket, as they say in, uh, in the Arrested Development. He was. Um, it is what did the governor. Mm-hmm. Arguably, Jamie Knoll's best friend and incredibly close political ally know about the behavior of Jamie Knoll. So just a reset if you're totally new to this, because, again, basically other than us and Abdul, you won't hear for some reason anybody in Indianapolis talk about this right now. Jamie Knoll was uh, part of the Central Committee Committee for the Indiana Republican Party, which made him one of the 20 most powerful Republicans in the state of Indiana. He was the uh, Clark County GOP chairman. He was the former sheriff of Clark County. And uh, he also was one of the stars of a reality TV show called 60 Days In, I believe was the name of the show, where he allowed undercover people to come in. It was a reality TV show into his jail and they were kind of snitches for the, for the jail. Very high-profile individual, very well-known in Republican circles, and most importantly, I mean, I, I think you could probably say, if not the best friend, one of the two or three best mm-hmm. friends of the governor of the state of Indiana. He has now been charged with 15 felonies related to all sorts of, you know, ghost employment and business corrupt business influence and theft and official misconduct related to, in large part, his time as Clark County Sheriff. And, I mean, it's, as these stories begin to come out, this guy was clearly clearly living far above what a person who was a county sheriff that's an okay job but this guy was living a lifestyle that nobody was a county sheriff unless they were previously independently wealthy which he was not would be living and so the question needs to be asked and the governor needs to answer what he knew and for that for that matter kyle hupfer who was the Mm -hmm. former chair of the republican party anne hathaway the current chair of the republican party and really That entire central committee, who is the power structure of the Indiana Republican Party, because you're going to have a hard sell to convince me, because we've talked about this before. Casey, I kind of know the lifestyle you're capable of living, Mm -hmm. which means I know the kind of cars you can drive, and I know the kind of trips you can take, and now that we work together for two years, I have an idea, and if you were to make some big purchase outside of that or do something that's outside of that norm... You'd probably tell me about it and we'd talk about it and you'd go, oh, you know, this is kind of the norm for me, but blah, blah, blah. If you started living outside the norm every single day, and I'm talking about trips you're taking and cars you're driving and clothes you're wearing and the lifestyle you're living, Mm it would probably draw up a red flag to me. And we're just coworkers. I'm not even your best friend.
1: Right. Well, not only that, but you know what industry that I've worked in for the past 30 years. So you have an idea of the sort of savings I might've accumulated over the time.
2: Right. And so um, the the latest story on this, and, W-A-V-E-TV3 uh, down there in southern Indiana uh, had the the story on this. Actually, that's a Louisville TV station, but they cover southern Indiana, mm-hmm. that the state police served six additional search warrants at the New Chapel EMS fire stations um, across Clark and Floyd counties on Friday. There was also an investigator with the Federal Defense Criminal Investigation Service, which is the the feds, feds. as a, a part of this. And this relates to Noel, not only was the Clark County Sheriff, which he's accused of all sorts of wrongdoing, but he was the chief and CEO of the New Chapel EMS at one point, which is this nonprofit, the Utica Fire Department, where there's all sorts of investigations going on. So you're going to tell me that this guy was doing something where he's been charged with 15 felonies, court documents lead you to believe his wife's gonna be hit with something here pretty soon as Mm -hmm. well and now you got state police and the feds looking into the guy and the governor who is arguably his best friend didn't know didn't know anything that was going on he was a part of the the core power structure of the state party Mm -hmm. and nobody knew that this guy was just living lavishly above his his lifestyle including having a child out of wedlock which he was funding and the woman he had the the child with who he was allegedly funding, and nobody knew? I mean, I knew about the kid, whatever that was, two, three years ago. Everybody knew, and nobody's like, how are you doing this? Yeah,
1: well, and not only that, but he was making child support payments and not declaring it on his taxes. Uh,
2: it is just, I mean, so this needs to be the story, and hopefully maybe the verified guys over at THR can, instead of trying to verify Hammer and Nigel's correct reporting about Camp Atterbury, mm-hmm. maybe they can get over there and verify, or Indy Star, or anyone else how it's possible that the one of the governor's best friends and super close political allies right. was living this lavish lifestyle far above his means and the governor didn't know anything about it. Well,
1: and if he did know, when did he find out and did he continue their friendship or their uh, you know, acquaintance afterwards? And if he did, why?
2: Yeah. So I am told that this is the very tip of the iceberg, that there is likely a lot more coming in mm-hmm. terms of new revelations and details. So we will see how that plays out. But I mean, come on. You got the federal government investigating this guy. This isn't some dude who stole, a, allegedly, a candy bar from a convenience store. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got state police in on the, this is, And this is on top of the charges that have already been filed against the guy. I mean, you got, the, the governor didn't know. Give me a break. It is
1: 1127 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And John Fetterman did it again. Better man. Did you see him acting like uh, he switched teams? Better man. Like he's a Republican now. That's on the way from 93 WIBC. 32 with Ken Owen Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about the evolution of John Fetterman. Better man. Better man. He has tried to ban uh, Senator Bob Menendez from classified briefings. So these two guys have been going back and forth. And another thing that he did was he is rejecting some Democrats' attempts to crack down on Zinn, which is that uh, nicotine little patch, I think, is what it is. And then at his house over the weekend, uh, some protesters showed up. And um, they were yelling at him, Fetterman, Fetterman, you can't hide. Fetterman,
0: Fetterman, you can't hide! You're supporting genocide! Fetterman, Fetterman, you can't hide! You're supporting
1: genocide! Okay, so these people are outside his house chanting, and what does this guy do? He goes up on the roof of his home to wave an Israeli flag back at
2: them. You ever work with someone who's a little off? (laughs)
1: No. (laughs) No. (laughs) what do you mean perfect
2: perfect perfect (laughs) every day casey when you show up to work do you have any idea what i'm gonna do
1: (laughs) no well i mean i know what you're supposed to do but do you actually know no i don't
2: right it is a game of russian roulette coming in here (laughs) every single day i
1: I think you could say the same thing
2: well (laughs) it is and this is what fetterman is doing right now he is the guy who's a little off Mm-hmm. Who you have no idea what he's gonna do, and it's obvious he's getting some great pleasure. Now, who knows what's actually going on with this guy? And that's where the real intrigue is. Is when he was treated for that mental illness, mm-hmm. which famously, you know, as soon as almost as soon as he won that election last year, or I guess it will. That's been two years ago now, boy. Time flies, Casey. Mm-hmm. That, that was 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, you know, famously checked himself in and had to get counseling and basically disappeared. Had people thought he was dead? Yep. Um, the uh, what happened? Right? Did something happen in there that changed him? Is it just a physical recovering from the stroke that changed him? Is it having a near-death experience that changed him? Or is he just this ultimate troll who is like... He just doesn't care. He's just having fun screwing with people and he's just doing it for his own kicks and giggles.
1: I, I think it's interesting that people that he's having these fights and squabbles with and he seems to be falling on the right side on a lot of issues.
2: Yeah, but we come back to again. It's easy to go on the news or do little stunts or do things that don't actually affect anything. When he starts consistently voting mm-hmm. with the Republicans.
1: That's when you'll know.
2: When he vo- Let's see if he votes to secure the border without giving a gajillion dollars to the Ukraine. Let's see when these judges come up you know how he votes let's see when expending or entitlement reform or you know all of these different things that's what matters most this is funny for us because it's look let's face it we went in with zero expectation on this guy and in fact probably got to negative something expectations when he was in those debates and stuff so the fact that he's doing anything noble or decent is a plus in the right direction but I'm not ready to you know every, the, the Twitter is always so great or social media he should switch parties and become a Republican although modern Republican Party might fit right in but let's just cool the mm-hmm. cool the brakes a little bit other than you know what what kev said he's like sloth from goonies yeah this <laughs> is mm-hmm. a slight resemblance
1: <laughs> well he's the one who said that the progressives left him that they went too far left or is it that he actually is changing the way he's thinking or is it that Hey, I stared down death and I don't care anymore.
2: Well, again, and I can, as we talked about earlier, I can speak this from a little bit of experience. There is something to people thinking you're a little off. And it's like people meet me all the time. And they're like, you're so nice in person. You're mm-hmm. nothing like I pictured you being. <laughs> because Part of the deal is there's something to people thinking you're a little off. There's something to people thinking. Keep well, them guessing. That guy could do anything at mm-hmm. any time and who knows what he's gonna do and you can't you can't ever predict where they're gonna come down. And there's probably a little bit of that in the in the Fetterman stage show that's going on here, and he's getting attention out of it, and he's enjoying that, because what are they going to do to him? They need his vote. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they can do to him. He's not a part of that club. He's not going to fit in there. So what does he care? He's got Five more years and then primary him if they don't like him. But I don't think he really thinks those sort of things through.
1: He's just keeping people on their toes. All right. So on CNN's State of the Union, Nancy Pelosi, uh, she said that the FBI should investigate the pro Hamas protesters who have repeatedly interrupted Biden's speeches yeah. because she said they could possibly be financed by Russia. Do you, you know think some of these protests are Russian plants?
0: I think their plans, I think some financing should be investigated.
1: And I want to ask the the, uh, uh, FBI to investigate that.
2: Mm -hmm. So she thinks these maniacs Mm -hmm. who are vocally Mm -hmm. and publicly on the side of killing Jews, river to the sea, you know, all the phraseology. Mm -hmm. She thinks those people are funded by the Russians. That's Uh, her theory.
1: It's a time warp,
2: isn't it? She just can't accept the fact that, no, your party, the basic... Well, she knows. I mean, she's lying, but but let's just play along with the game here. She can't accept the fact that, no, lady, the base of your party is run by maniacs. It's the anti-Israel maniacs. It's the college campus radicals. It's the environmental wackos. I mean... It, the Democrat Party base are a bunch of Marxists and communists.
1: And why is it whenever there's a bad guy needed, it's always
2: Russia? Isn't that crazy?
1: It's like we need. Oh boy, Isn't I don't. I don't agree with this. It must be Russian interference. Isn't
2: that just so wild, Casey? How that always works—that the Russian and the, it only works one way. It never works the other way. It could never be Russians interfering on the you know Republican side or the what the people deem the Republican. Uh, You know, events. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's always just when it's the Democrats that are looking stupid because your base are a bunch of maniacs. Okay,
1: so your senator who wants to become your governor, Mike Braun, he was doing the talk shows and he's saying that it's time now that the entire party rally behind Trump
2: if you can't read the tea leaves that America is still uh, over half of Americans is disillusioned with what happens here in D.C., including our southern border, as as when he won back in 16. And I get the feeling that so many people think anyone else just won't go to the mat to get this stuff done. So he's way ahead of where he would have been back in 16. I say get everyone on board. Don't let the Dems try to dilute the message. And we know it was working when he was running the show. Look at the mess we've got now on the border and the economy.
1: So uh, Mike Braun, he was at that thing that happened in Carmel last week. There was a
2: governor's forum.
1: Yeah, governor's forum. And, um, you know, which is nice that all of them were there together and i'm wondering who performed the best
2: well it sounds like they were equally underwhelming (laughs) as would be expected (laughs) um uh, but speaking of an update our Mm -hmm. our pal robert vane sent me a text and we were going back and forth last week i think suzanne is gonna be here next week fantastic first week of february Mm -hmm. even though i think first week of february is technically this week i'm not holding her to that Mm -hmm. so i think next week suzanne is gonna be here and uh We got to, if she follows through, we give her all the credit for that. She Mm -hmm. knows it's not going to be easy. Uh, I'm sure she will have someone playing me in the mock interviews, but she knows she'll get a fair shake here. She knows we're going to give her, we're going to ask the hard questions and she's going to get a chance to answer them. And look, let's face it, everybody's a gajillion points behind Braun, according to this polling. So if you want to make up ground fast, if you can sway us, Casey, Mm -hmm. you can sway anyone. And the fact that we really dislike all the people equally, I think she finds that. We're going to give her fair footing to answer those questions. But but Braun, is anybody ever going to ask Braun what his plan is for the state? Like, is anybody going to hold him down? Or are they just going to let him keep talking in these vague descriptions and platitudes so that when he gets in there, he can shapeshift into whatever mm-hmm. thing he wants to shapeshift into and – not be held accountable for anything. Well, and
1: doesn't Mike Braun have a clear advantage over the other candidates at this point because he has a platform. Sure. Which he can, as a current senator, he can walk up to the cameras and the reporters at any point and give out his talking points. Sure. Um, and that's free media for him that the other candidates don't have.
2: You know, I was thinking about this over the weekend. It really is too bad that Suzanne Crouch made the grave mistake of hitching her wagon to Holcomb. Because there's and, – and you'll see this, Casey, when she comes in here. There is something personally about Suzanne that's very charming.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: She's very likable as a person. Um, I'm sure she does very well when she's in rooms with people, like maybe not on a big, big stage, but in these you know GOP club things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's something very apolitical about Suzanne that that is, is charming and that I would see endearing to the people. But she is so joined at the hip – And you'll leave. You watch. If I'm nothing, I'm good at at these sort of things. You will leave. Now, we may think her answers are insane. We'll see. Probably will. But you will leave wanting to like her. And it's a shame that she hitched her wagon to him. Now, if she wasn't lieutenant governor, she probably wouldn't be in this position anyway. But I don't see how she can overcome, given what a poison Eric Holcomb Mm -hmm. is. And the fact that she really hasn't rejected him. At any turn. Now, maybe next week with us is going to be the start of it.
1: Maybe she will.
2: Uh, Who knows? But uh, I just, I don't see how she can overcome that. And when you look at the rest of the field, I mean, you've got Doden, who is boring and stands for nothing. You've got Chambers, who is even more hitched to Holcomb, and he's identified with things people hate, like the Leap District. And you got Curtis, who who knows if he's even going to get the signatures to get on the ballot. Right. And it's easy to see how Braun is not running on anything, and he's just running on his name ID.
1: I don't think that Suzanne will use uh, her opportunity on the Kendall and Casey show as a place to start deviating from her message, though.
2: I would. I mean, clearly she's—I mean, if you believe the polls—
1: If she wants to do something, it would be a good time to do it. She's
2: a distant second. I mean, it be a newsmaker. They got him at Braun at 35 or whatever, Mm -hmm. and her at 15, and uh, it's—like, if I were her, Mm -hmm. and uh, they'll hear this— I would come in and right out of the gate say, I was wrong to stand behind this guy. It's been an egregious mistake. He sucks, state's mm-hmm. a mess, and I'm going to clean it up. That is that is how I would come right out of the gate if I were her.
1: When do you think is the last time you can remember that any politician actually admitted when they were wrong about something? <laughs> I was thinking about that because, you know, we always say go through the three-step process and that's admit the mistake, apologize, take corrective action. And on on a, on a large scale... I think it, you'd have to go back to Kennedy and bake Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't think she's going to do that, and that'll be a big mistake. But maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. I mean, she knows what questions she's going to get. Mm-hmm. She knows she's going to get questions. Oh, uh, does she? Uh, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm
1: going to ask her?
2: <laughs> well, she knows what I'm going to ask her. Uh-huh. And by the way, uh, we've told her, we'll give you an hour, what, however long you uh-huh. you want. Wants we're not we're, we're not going to cut it off. You know, she's going to get questions about the lockdowns and the business closures and the mask mandates and the Malik Muhammad stuff. And you're going to do increases. the Rob
1: Kendall thing where you're going to be all nice to and I'm going to have to yeah, be the bad guy. Yeah, that's how it works better. Okay, you know how, I I have met her once in the hallway, and that well, was when she had a her foot, uh, her foot in a boot because she broke her ankle or something.
2: Maybe that's how she'll come in. She'll try the dis, you know, the the sympathy play.
1: Yeah, uh, and I but told Ted, her I told her stay true to your convictions. Ted,
2: uh, uh, Ted Kennedy, uh, Ted Bundy, same guy. Tried that, looking out, ended up for him.
1: All right, America, uh, turning sixty-five, peak sixty-five. We're going to talk about that coming up from ninety-three WIBC. WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. Rob, I know that you're the uh, young age of just barely forty. Boy, you
2: worded that one well, Casey. And I
1: know you like to tell everybody how I'm just a little bit more experienced
2: than you. But you look much younger. Oh, I mean, well, thank you. I mean, you look like <laughs> a million darn dollars every single day.
1: Uh, I wish I felt like a million. I, I wish I, I actually had a million dollars every day. Have you
2: ever thought about this? About how much like better we people see this on the YouTube? how much you prepare and you're always wearing something nice and your hair is always done and me mm-hmm. i look like i've always just rolled out of bed i mean <laughs> look at what i'm wearing today i mean these are like uh, under armor uh athletic pants mm-hmm. uh the wibc radiothon uh what do they call that long sleeve yeah, or whatever and yep. then and then this uh pullover that my mother got me i mean it's just uh it's, uh, I'm a train wreck, no. and you are always so well assembled. No,
1: you're fabulous, but the reason I bring up age is because uh, peak 65 is coming this year. It's a what? It's a record number of boomers oh. who are reaching retirement age. Oh, yeah. They're calling it the Silver Tsunami. <laughs> Approximately 4.1 million Americans are poised to turn 65 this year and every year going through the year 2027.
2: So this is fascinating because uh, it it goes to the problem that we have talked about on this show many times, which is the entitlement program and people get mad all the time. Oh, I paid into it. Nobody said you didn't pay into it. But if you're entitled to get Mm -hmm. something at a certain age, what would you call it other than an entitlement? I'm not blaming you for getting the thing you're entitled to, but that's what it is. And and the reality is that we have too many people on the government assistance for the amount of people that are paying. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying we should take away from people who have been promised something. What I'm saying is logic and reason, reason and rationale says but by the time I'm that age or certainly by the time like Kevin is that age, that, there's not going to be anything there. So what? Social Security, they're
1: saying uh, maybe 2033? Maybe. But then we also have Medicare, which is still going for a lot of these people. So the Pew Research Center, they said that one in five people over 65 are going to continue to work. They're going to choose yeah. to continue to work, not necessarily because they have to, but because they want to. And I don't know. Do you think that at 65, you'll have had enough of the daily grind? Oh,
2: Casey, I work in radio. I'll be a janitor somewhere by the time I'm 65. This is a really fascinating discussion, though, because there's so many places you can go with it. My dad and I were talking about this the other day because my, my dad is, uh, he. you know, he's a very, you've met my dad. He's mm-hmm. a very, he maintains some of his youthfulness yes, in the parents, absolutely. and appearance. But it's like. When my grandfather turned 70, mm-hmm. I remember being at my grandfather's 70th birthday and thinking, I can't believe this person lived that long. Mm-hmm. Like that is ancient. Now I get when you're a kid, you're a little bit out of whack in terms of time and the relevance of time. And But let's face it, the people from my parents' generation are living, thankfully, mm-hmm. a lot longer than people from my grandparents' generation. Now, your parents are kind of sandwiched in the middle between, say, my parents mm-hmm. and my grandparents.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, but my mom is 80.
2: Yeah. And so the reality is, though, people from my dad's generation, if you're still, you know, together and with it, like someone like my dad is, thankfully, he said, I don't, I am an old person, but I don't feel like an old person. And I I thought, I just think that's, this is where, and 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 thank goodness people are living longer. But when, You know, it goes back to that conversation I had with the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young, Mm -hmm. at the Stax Pancake Mm -hmm. House. You remember, Mm -hmm. where he moved very aggressively towards me with the armed sheriff's deputy behind him. Yes. Where he got all sideways because he's like, I don't regret any of the spending and I'm not changing anything on entitlements. People paid into that. You're right, Todd. They did. But you are being so, and all these people in the Congress and even Trump, because Trump has ruled it out too. You are being intellectually dishonest with people from my generation and Kevin's generation who keep paying into this thing when simple math. I mean, it's not even open for discussion. Simple math. So what is it? They say twenty thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Twenty thirty-three is ten years from now. Yeah. I'll be fifty. Mm-hmm. I'm not anywhere close to being eligible for this thing. And they estimate this the Social Security out of money by twenty thirty-three. Yep. Well, So you're just going to look me right in the eye and lie to me, Todd Young, and act like there is not some... I'm not saying you want to do it. I'm saying we have to do it. Yeah, It's
1: running out of money. Well, and they're saying it's never too uh, early to start saving for your retirement. And they're also saying if you're thinking of retiring, if you're one of these people that are in this 65 age bracket, and you want to retire you really should have something else to do. You have to think of that. You can't just stop working and then just stop because that's when the health problems come in. Like your father, for example, he loves to golf. Yeah. He could golf every day, right? Yeah. yeah, And that's probably what's keeping his youthful glow. Well,
2: and, and this is the other tentacle of this conversation, and we have this from time to time on the show, about how time is like a freight train. And I wrote this to my daughter yesterday mm-hmm. about how time is like a freight train. And when I look at her now, she's, she was seven months old yesterday. Mm. And I think in the grand scheme of your life, you're still so tiny. Yeah. But from when I look at a photo of when you came home. She's gotten so much bigger. And And it is like, how was that seven months ago? And I think of so many portions of my life where it's like, I just, and I realize I'm doing some sort of like, therapy on radio and say, hey, there's only 10,000 people listening. No big deal. But it's like, I I deal with this and go, when did the time start moving so fast? Mm -hmm. Because at some point it started moving so fast and I didn't recognize it until now. And realistically, Casey half of my life is in the rearview mirror
1: oh my gosh are you saying that you're already in your midlife crisis <laughs> well you know what they say uh the days are long but the years are short well and it's so I'm it, getting shorter
2: well and and that's and that's the thing and i think i think the more meaningful work you do the faster it goes mm-hmm. I, you, you think about like and, and maybe that's because as a kid you don't really do meaningful work i mean ki- time as a kid seemed much longer than time as an adult. And I think that's maybe because every day I feel like, whether it's this job or being a parent, which far eclipses this job in terms of importance, I am continuously doing now around-the-clock meaningful work.
1: Well, I think when you're younger, too, you have your whole future ahead of you, and it's just laid out in front of you. But as you age, those That time span is getting shorter and shorter. So you have to make every moment count, right? Just like Jack on Titanic.
2: (laughs) Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, way to totally just destroy this meaningful conversation we were having. While we continue the psychoanalyst uh, portion of the program Uh here, Casey. Yeah. Did you ever have a moment, like when you were a kid, Yeah. did you ever dream, hey, when I grow up, I'm going to whatever? Yes, I did. Did you have that? What was it for you? Absolutely.
1: I was 13 years old, and I was sitting in my bedroom listening to the radio, Uh and I said, when I grow up, I want to be on the radio.
2: Yeah. And you've done that, but did you have a dream? Look at
1: me now. Did
2: you have a dream inside of that, though? Like, I'm going to blank on the radio, or is it just I'm going to be on the radio? I
1: wanted to be a disc jockey on the radio. Okay. And then when I became a disc jockey on the radio, I said, I want to be a music director. And then when I did that, I said, I want to be a program director. And then I want to be an operations manager. And I want to program radio stations all across the country. And then I want to be syndicated. And then I want to be on WIBC. Look at me Look achieving at my goals. Look at you. Yeah. Uh,
2: okay. So my point of this was, and clearly, uh, and I think you have siblings, and I think it's a little different. I think you maybe dream a little different mm-hmm. as an only child because you largely entertain yourself. yourself. Like, yeah. like ninety percent of my entertainment was mm-hmm. was me. You yeah. know, the things and the people and that I would invent in my head and scenarios I'd invent in my head. So, my for me, it was, hey, I'm going to be when I grow up. I'm going to be the next Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. Well while I've had a successful radio career, it finally occurred at about the age of 30, I'm not probably going to achieve that level of success. And that used to really bother me, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't anymore. Well, you're
1: you're your own person now. And I think you kind of grow into that as you get older. Maybe you set the bar pretty high. I mean, you know, could you pick Only the best of all time. (laughs) It's good to emulate, but you don't, you know, you need to be
2: you. There's, you know, uh, there's kind of this, this saying that uh, at some point you will play with your friends for the last time, only you don't realize you're playing with your friends for the last time. And there's probably a point too in life where you will dream this thing Mm -hmm. for the last time. You will, in your head work through these things for the last time for only children like me who spend a lot of time playing by themselves you will these people you invented or these scenarios you invented will exist for the last time and nobody tells you that that's
1: that's, that's it. That's it. And sometimes you don't write, you don't even recognize it until it's long past. But
2: I'm totally okay that I would get to work with you every day. Oh, thank you. I mean, if somebody would have said... You <laughs> Today's
1: can... the last time. <laughs> Make it count. <laughs> you could either be Rush
2: Limbo or work with Casey Daniels every uh-huh. day. I totally would have chosen you. I think
1: I'm better to look at.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> totally. 100%. No doubt.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, our last time for this Monday. <laughs> thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. Tony Katz is up next. This has been... Kendall and Casey on
0: 93 W.I.B.C. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.